Welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. This is going to be a really interesting episode. Um, we're going to talk a lot about the changes that have happened in Google's algorithms starting around February 7th to 9th. I say 7th to 9th, although a lot of sites started seeing some changes a bit earlier, and some of them uh, even later than that. There's definitely something significant going on. Prior to this morning, uh, I would have told you that I have no idea what Google did. Um, and we have been doing a lot of research into this update. It seems like a fairly significant one. We had a really, really good team meeting today, and all of it sort of came together. I can't claim to have all of the answers, but we've made some really, really interesting observations. And uh, most likely by next week, we'll have... Uh, a little bit more data to back up some of the things that we think are happening, but uh, I think you'll find it interesting as I sort of unpack what we think Google has done over uh, the last couple of weeks or so, uh, because this has been a, a different change than usual. Um, so we're going to get into more detail on that later on in the podcast. We're also going to talk a lot about no-follow changes. Uh, Google announced these in September, and they go live soon. Um, and we're actually going to talk about about whether or not what we're seeing in the algorithm could actually be connected to uh, a change in how Google understands no-followed links. Um, it's a possibility. Just a reminder that uh, tomorrow, so Thursday, February 20th, we're doing part three of our EAT webinar. Parts one and two were really, really well received. Part three is all about trust. And we're going to talk about many different ways that Google has outlined, uh, mostly throughout the Quality Raiders guidelines, on how you can improve trust for your website. Uh, and trust is an element of EAT. Um, obviously, the T stands for trustworthiness. And we really do think that you can improve Google's level of trust in your website. And we've had lots of cases where we've helped businesses do this. And we feel that it's really helped them see improvements with uh, subsequent algorithm updates. So so uh, this episode is being recorded on Wednesday, February 19th of 2020, and uh, here we go. It corresponds to episode number 120 of Search News You Can Use. You can always find the newsletter at mariehaines.com slash newsletter, and uh, a lot of what I'm talking about today is only found in the premium version of newsletter. Uh, so if you're a premium paid subscriber in uh, newsletter, you'll be able to read even more about what I'm going to talk about in this podcast episode episode. Uh, so let's get right on and talk about the February 7th uh, update. I say February 7th, Although, like I said from the top of the episode, uh, we had a number of sites that saw um, changes starting February 3rd or 4th. Um, a huge number of sites across the web saw very significant changes February 7th to 9th. Uh, and then there's still more turbulence going on. Um, Barry Schwartz uh, always writes some excellent stuff on what he's seeing in terms of chatter in the community and in terms of the SEO weather tools. Um, tools like Mozcast and SEMrush Sense they're all showing massive spikes in turbulence. And what these tools do is they measure, uh, have the SERPs changed significantly? And can we say that these are changes in uh, the SERPs themselves? Or maybe it's related to... Um, you know, Google has just changed how many featured snippets they show or other uh, features like that. Um, in this case, there's definitely something significant that happened with Google's algorithm. Now, um, 
you know, there's, I think there's a website, I can't remember what it's called, but some website that's like, did Google update today.com or something like that. And you go there and it just always says yes. And that's because Google is always making changes. They say they do three to four, potentially more changes a day in their algorithm. So did something change? I can say 100% yes, <laughs> something has changed in February. But this is bigger. This is not just, uh, you know, hey, we tweaked something slight. Uh, there is a major change in how Google ranks websites. Now, first of all, most of the sites that we monitor in our profile, and we have hundreds of sites that, uh, that um, we monitor, are seeing very little significant change. Um, some of the sites that we thought uh, were seeing nice improvements, we've realized that those improvements could actually be um, uh, explained by seasonality or by events. Uh, one of our clients that is seeing a massive, massive gain uh, that seemed to be in conjunction with this update, uh, turns out that they actually, um, the sales pages that are seeing improvements are pages that sell medical masks for uh, coronavirus protection. And uh, and so we can't I mean, it's certainly possible that an algorithm update has elevated those sales pages for them, and now they're making more sales. But we also know that um, people's motivation to visit the site uh, is driven by fear over coronavirus. So this is something to keep in mind if you're looking at your own clients and you're trying to decide whether uh, you're actually seeing improvements. Um, in some cases, you can look at year-over-year -year traffic. So we have some clients... Um, you know, we have one client who is in the business of uh, selling diamonds. Um, and if you look at their traffic, it's up in February. Well, that makes sense, right? Because a lot of people buy diamonds for Valentine's Day. Um, and so uh, you have to be careful when you're looking at trends like this to say, well, is it a seasonal trend? Is it something that we see happen every single year um, at this time of year? Things like events like coronavirus can be tricky. I'll give you a little tip. What we did to determine whether this uh, spike that our client was seeing was due to uh, coronavirus changes or due to Google algorithm changes is simply look in Google Analytics at which pages people are landing on. You can do the same in Search Console as well. Um, but what we saw was that uh, by far their number one page was their checkout page. Um, and then below that were uh, all of the different types of surgical masks that they sell, or maybe surgical masks is not the right term, but masks that people would buy to try to um, protect themselves against coronavirus. So, uh, so looking at which types of pages uh, saw changes can be very, very helpful. In my experience, if a website has been affected by a core update uh, from Google, it's usually every page on the site seems to be affected or every page of a certain section of the site is affected. So for example, it might be that perhaps just your news blog saw improvements or perhaps saw hits if Google thought that it was thin content. Um, and in this case, uh, you know, we're not seeing that uh, every single page and every single keyword seems to be affected. Um, so, you know, we think Google is doing something different here. Another thing that people are talking about is the fact that uh, it looks like some of the sites that saw improvements on February 7th or thereabouts um, 
actually saw those improvements rolled back, uh, and they lasted for a few days, and then they they fell back. I'm going to see if I can explain this. I don't think Google actually did uh, a rollback of an update. They've actually told us that it's quite rare that they do that. Um, I mean, it's certainly possible they were testing something uh, and then said, oh, that didn't work as expected. Uh, But I have another explanation, so we'll see if I can maybe uh, explain this. One thing, first of all, we did a poll on Twitter uh, to see which types of sites were affected. And I think there were close to 700 people that replied. Um, And the thing that was very obvious was that there were no obvious patterns. When we have looked at other updates, we can say in a lot of cases, oh, yeah, this affected uh, very strongly health sites or uh, financial sites. Or maybe we can say it was very strong YMYL verticals that were affected. And in this case, uh, among the sites that saw improvements, there were e-commerce, food bloggers, travel sites, legal sites, technology sites, wedding, pet sites, insurance sites. It was all across the map. Um, And very similar to uh, people who reported seeing losses. It was also interesting that out of people who reported gains and losses, it was close to 50-50. And that's kind of what you expect to see uh, with with an update. You know, some people improve and some people decline. But um, we don't always see that with different updates. Uh, And what a lot of people are noticing is um, fluctuations in sales for e-commerce sites. Uh, So, you know, maybe they were selling uh, tons of things on February 9th and then uh, and then that sort of reverted back. And those pages that were ranking well are no longer ranking uh, as of February 11th or so. Um, Are you confused yet? Because it's so far I haven't really given you much to uh, to say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what this update was about. But I will get there, hopefully. Um, Danny Sullivan was asked uh, about whether this was an update, and his response was essentially uh, the same as what he gave in November 8th, um, basically saying, yeah, we do updates all the time. November 8th was a very significant update that Google did not announce as a core update, and we think that somehow it was connected to links, although... um, Let me get into that a little bit more in this uh, talk in a little bit as well. What we think is happening here is that there's something connected to Google trying to not index spam. I've been talking about this for the last few weeks. Last week, I think uh, I think it was last week, I talked about how on December 17th, there were quite a few people, and a lot of those were uh, in black hat areas, that were complaining that massive numbers of their pages dropped out of the index. And we reported in newsletter that if you do a site colon search for some of these sites, you'll see that Bing has thousands of pages indexed for their site, and Google has maybe eight pages, something like that. Um, And a lot, a lot of pages were dropping out of the index. Um, Now, we think that uh, Google, and then Gary Eish also tweeted this, you know, seemingly random uh, GIF that was saying, hey, this is how people react when spam is no longer indexed. Um, And then just to recap as well, because I know I've said this a couple of times, John Mueller was asked a couple of times whether Google had an issue with indexing new pages, because a lot of people were having trouble getting new pages indexed. And John replied in a couple of different ways to basically say, look, if you're relying on submission Submitting your pages to Search Console in order to get them indexed, then maybe they're not the highest quality pages. Um, And John went to great lengths to basically say, look, there is no problem in our side 
in terms of, in Google's side, in terms of getting pages indexed. So to me, Google has made a calculated change. They're um, very purposely trying to no longer index spam. Now, I know as soon as I say that, there will be people who say, well, there's plenty of spam ranking in my vertical. Um, and they're not 100% there yet. I mean, I think something has changed. And I think this is probably just the start of something more significant. Um, but here's something that I found was really, really interesting. Something we've been starting to do is look at sites in our profile that saw significant improvements or losses that we can't explain by seasonality or by an event like the uh, coronavirus. Um, and so we looked at one that was a service area business. It's nothing to do with medical, because we have a lot of medical sites in our profile. And that's because, uh, you know, I think our business really exploded after the August 1st um, medical, uh, medic update. And so we're a little bit biased towards looking at medical sites, but we have a, a large number of sites that are not medical that we look at. So this particular service area business um, saw a significant jump up in traffic. Uh, I want to say, I didn't, uh, quantify it, but probably like 20 to 25% increase in traffic. So then we have been starting to look at hrefs showing which keywords uh, actually made the jump um, on that day. And sometimes what we can do, I mean, with a previous update, uh, what we were doing was we were looking at these keywords and we would say, oh, yeah, the page that started to rank, it's like Google just figured out this is really, really a good page and it should rank well. In this case, though, the keywords that were ranking were all keywords that were ranking page two and beyond. On Ahrefs, you can see um, how many keywords changed movement that were ranking number one to three. Um, how many jumped into position 4 to 10, and then how many jumped into position 11 to 100. And for a lot of our clients that saw improvements on or around February 7th, what we're seeing is that there really wasn't a whole lot of change in the number of keywords that were ranking on the first page, um, but there was a huge spike in keywords that were ranking on page 11 to 100. Um, and so, or sorry, position 11 to 100, so page two and beyond. So what does that mean? How is that even possible? Well then, uh, so we had a most incredible um, brainstorming session this morning. Uh, my team now, we have uh, a team of 10 of us, and uh, a good number of those are uh, our senior auditors who all they do all day is determine why websites are, are not performing to their best uh, on Google and how can we help them to, to do better. Um, and so one of my aud auditors, uh, Dylan, he had a really, really good observation. Um, he said that it makes sense, right, that if Google stopped taking uh, indexing spam. So let's say Google got rid of a whole bunch of pages that they identified as spam, as really low quality pages. Maybe they're pages from like low authority sites, sites that are lacking EAT. But if they started uh, removing that type of page from the index, well, something's got to replace those pages, right? Um, and so what we were seeing was we started looking at uh, Search Console at the index coverage report for our clients that were seeing improvements with this update. And in not every case, but a large number of cases, what we found was that there was a massive jump up in the number of valid pages that were reported by Google as being indexed. So you can see in Search Console in the performance 
performance report, there's a section that's called indexed, not submitted in sitemap. And a lot of our clients, we have screenshots of this in newsletter. Um, again, this part of newsletter is, uh, it's explained way better than I can explain it by voice, um, but it's only for our premium subscribers. So uh, if you're a newsletter subscriber, you'll be able to uh, to have access to see these uh, screenshots. Um, but what we're seeing is this big, big jump up in valid pages that were indexed but not submitted in sitemap. So what types of pages could you get indexed that are not in your sitemap? Your sitemap generally contains your most valuable pages, um, the pages that you really, really want to get indexed. And what we did was we started clicking on a number of clients. We started clicking on the pages that were listed as indexed but not submitted in the sitemap. And what we found uh, was that these were not fantastic pages. They were mostly, I mean, a lot of them were e-commerce pages that were just lists of products, uh, category pages, tag pages, pages that we'd say, like, they weren't spam, but there's no way that a Google algorithm would say, wow, this is the best of its kind um, in, in terms of ranking. So it kind of makes sense to me that some of these pages are replacing the spam that Google removed. So again, these pages are not ultra spammy, they're not the best of their kind, but they're generally coming from sites that Google feels they can trust. They're sites that we identified as having a decent level of EAT, um, having been known as somewhat of an authority, um, not necessarily like the authority in the niche, uh, but a legitimate business. And, um, and so that's what we think is happening, is that some of these sites that are seeing improvements are seeing improvements in long tail searches. They're seeing improvements in keywords that are not their core uh, most important keywords. Uh, but, you know, and this could explain why e-commerce sites are potentially seeing gains uh, because you might find that there's certain products that, uh, product pages that never used to rank. And now that Google has cleared out a bunch of spam, they're actually ranking well again. Um, now, we also think uh, here's another interesting observation that we made. Um, I mentioned that Danny Sullivan, uh, when he talked about, yeah, we do an update all the time, um, he basically quoted the same tweet that he gave after the November 8th update, which was not a core update confirmed by Google, uh, but was something significant. We really felt that November 8th was primarily about links, but I think we might have gotten it a little bit wrong. What we noticed was that many of the sites, uh, the majority of the sites that saw drops on November 8th were sites that used sort of gray hat link methods. Um, things that you would say are not overtly black hat, but they're not really things that you'd want to have the web spam team looking at all the time. An example of this would be uh, a site that has been doing massive amounts of guest posting. Guest posting is not wrong in Google's eyes, but if you do it on a massive scale, then they can start looking at that and saying, well, wait a second, these this link pattern is not natural. Um, it's not really that these links are true recommendations for your site, um, but rather you're making your own links. And really, should those links be counting towards Google saying, yeah, this is the best page because everybody's linking to it, when really it's just you <laughs> that's um, creating these links to it. Now, fair enough, I, I understand that you have to get people to publish your guest posts and 
you know, that's uh, there's there's definitely um, uh, some gray area here in terms of whether guest posting is black hat, white hat, gray hat, whatever. My point here is not to, to come down hard on guest posting. But I think it's possible um, that Google is doing more to figure out the quality of a page. Um, and so uh, let's see, how do I explain this? It may be that some of these pages, let's say you had a page that you did a bunch of guest posting and you pointed a bunch of links at that particular page and those links help that page rank really well. Well, if Google is getting better at determining the quality of your content on pages, they may see that, wait a second, now that we can figure out uh, that this is just like an okay page, I don't think we need to pay attention to these links pointing to the page and it could see drops. What might be an even better explanation, though, is that Google could be using BERT to um, better understand the context of a link. And so if I um, link to my site, uh, let's say I wrote a guest post and there was an author bio in which I say, Marie Haynes uh, writes on SEO topics and in her newsletter, and you can, and there's a link to my newsletter, you can read this. Um, that link in an author bio, I believe Google can use BERT and use the words on either side of the link to figure out, oh, this is this author talking about her own stuff. Conversely, let's say uh, somebody wrote an article uh, about us and was really recommending our newsletter. I think that's something that Google could start to count. And so I think that what Google is doing, and I think it started in November and it's continuing on now, is just getting better at understanding language, whether that language is in links or on the page, and understanding, um, again, the reason why links matter is because when we link to somebody, we're telling our readers, this is a good resource for you to read. When we link to something from our newsletter, it's because we think that you, our newsletter readers, are going to find it interesting. Um, and if I went and created a bunch of profiles online and linked to my newsletter, those links really shouldn't count. Um, and I think Google's getting much better at determining this type of thing. So I know this is really confusing. I feel like I've probably lost a bunch of you in me trying to explain what we think is happening. But we do think um, that this is connected to Google basically getting better at determining which pages are legitimate, which pages are uh, previously ranking because of SEO efforts or something that uh, people have just found a loophole or a way to, to get that page to rank. And it's going to get harder and harder to rank those things. Now, let's talk about the potential reversal. I've seen a couple of articles of people saying like, hey, whatever happened on February 7th to 9th, Google has rolled back because now uh, my pages that used to be ranking are no longer ranking and all the traffic gains I had have been lost. I think uh, it's possible that um, Google is determining of the new pages they put in the index, which ones of those are valuable. So one of our clients uh, that saw a big jump up in traffic um, had that uh, jump uh, apparently look like it was reversed. Um, but when you look at uh, the pages that were ranking, the pages that jumped up to suddenly start ranking were really thin tag pages. They were pages that like really weren't the best of their kind. Um, and so it's possible, now this particular website has decent authority. When we did their site quality review, we saw they had authoritative mentions from many, many places. Uh, and so they're known as an authority in their industry. Um, 
And so we think that Google said, look, we took out a bunch of spam from your SERPs and we're going to start putting some of your pages in there. Um, and then over the next few days, they started realizing, wait a second, users aren't engaging with these pages. They're not clicking on them. They're not valuable to people. So let's try to put something else in there. Um, and I think the algorithm is probably figuring out, all right, now that we've removed spam, we've uh, tried putting this in there and they'll eventually figure out what it is that's useful and helpful helpful to people. So I don't actually think that Google's rolled anything back. I think they're learning and that's uh, the way that the algorithm is supposed to work. So hopefully that wasn't too confusing, uh, but that's what I think is happening. We'll probably have a full article out on this that goes into more detail um, in the next couple of weeks or so. Uh, so um, you know, stay tuned for that. That'll be something that's available for everybody to read even if you're not a paid member of our newsletter. Um, there also appears to have been a local search update uh, around February 14th to maybe the 18th. Um, we've talked in newsletter a little bit about uh, some of the discussion on the local search forum uh, thread. Uh, yeah, it's hard to say what's going on there as well. Um, Joy Hawkins said, yes, she's seeing tons of movement um, and the uh, Bright Local has the local rank flux data that uh, is seeing big, big changes. Um, and so something is happening here. We linked a newsletter to a post written by Tim Capper, where uh, now this is just one case, but I think it's very interesting, where he said that uh, one of his clients uh, lost, they were consistently holding number one to three rankings for most of their local keywords, and they completely dropped off the map, no pun intended. Um, and um, what he noticed was that this client had many service areas, uh, and that was all related to the way that you determine service areas in Google My Business can be kind of challenging. He removed some of those service areas, and then the uh, site actually started ranking again for those keywords. So, um, you know, again, it's one case, but I would encourage you to read that if you're stuck in this situation. Um, so know that there is something going on in terms of local rankings. Who knows? This could be connected to BERT and language processing. Um, in all honesty, we haven't dug into this uh, as deeply as the organic changes. So if we get more information on that, I'll share that with you as well. Um, let's see here. No follow changes go live soon. So we talked a few months ago about this blog post that Google published in September of 2019 in which they introduced new attributes, rel equals sponsored and rel equals UGC. Um, and we've talked ad nauseum about how to implement those and whether you should be implementing those. Um, but the reason why I'm bringing this up now is because the blog post actually told us that as of March 1st, uh, there's going to be another change that goes live. So I'm going to read uh, some excerpts from the, uh, the blog post that was published in September. This is from Google. Why not completely ignore such links as 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 has been the case with nofollow. Um, they're talking about UGC and sponsor. Links contain valuable information that can help us improve search, such as how the words within links describe content they point at. Looking at all the links we encounter can also help us better understand unnatural linking patterns. By shifting to a hint model, we no longer lose this important information. 
while still allowing site owners to indicate that some links shouldn't be given the weight of a first-party endorsement. Um, and I'm just going to read one other paragraph because they talk about this hint model, and this is what goes live on March 1st. In most cases, the move to a hint model won't change the nature of how we treat such links. We'll generally treat them as we did with nofollow before and not consider them for ranking purposes. We will still continue to carefully assess how to use links within search, just as we always have and we've had to do for situations where no attributions were provided. So why am I mentioning this now? Um, because as the publishing, when they published this blog post in September, uh, Google told us that the UGC and sponsored attributes would be recognized immediately. But they say, quote, for crawling and indexing purposes, nofollow will become a hint as of March 1st, 2020. Um, so we think that what uh, this can do is allow Google to use certain nofollowed links that truly are recommendations for your website, for your business, for a particular product. Um, and we think this is connected to BERT. And I also think that this can be connected to the turbulence that we're already seeing. It may be that Google is starting to test some of this. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's a whole lot of theory in, in this episode. Um, but what we think is happening is, uh, again, if I wrote an author bio and linked to my own website, Bert can probably determine that that's me recommending my own stuff. Whereas, um, let's say we got mentioned in the Wall Street Journal and there was an article on SEO uh, on core algorithm updates and they say, you know, Marie Haynes wrote this great article about the January core update and, uh, and then they link to it. I think that Bert can understand, even if that link was no followed, that that's the Wall Street Journal recommending our content. That didn't actually happen. That was a, a, a made up scenario. But I think you understand what I'm saying is that um, if Google is getting better at determining the language in links and the surrounding text in the links um, to determine which links are actually votes for your website, then uh, it makes sense that they'd want to look at no followed links. Now, this doesn't mean that we should all be starting to publish uh, blog comments that are no followed or, you know, trying to get every type of no followed link we can in the hopes that Google will start to count some of these. Um, I really think that in the cases where Google is going to start counting no followed links, it's from sites that legitimately are authoritative that have lots of EAT. And there's sites that would be very hard uh, to purchase a link on to, um, to get uh, a recommendation that truly reads as a recommendation for your content. So we don't know whether um, what's happening in early February is connected to this. I still think the early February changes are mostly related to Google indexing less spam or less low quality content. Uh, and it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Um, you know, we're only a couple of weeks away from March and we'll see what happens come March 1st, whether there's going to be significant changes in uh, the algorithm at that point as well. Um, moving on, Google has announced that they have some changes made to the Search Console change of address tool. Um, if you are changing sites, then there's some new stuff. You can apparently uh, see redirect validation for the top five URLs of the domain that you're moving um, and some more stuff like that. 
one little t- tip that I'll add here is don't use the um, uh, the change of address tool for things like a switch from HTTP to HTTPS or like dub 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 to non dub dub dub. That can really mess things up. It's really meant for a legitimate like, hey, we used to run on this site and now we're redirecting everything to to this site. Um, so that's uh, something interesting to read in newsletter. Um, this was interesting. A nice tweet by Lily Ray uh, talking about EAT. Yeah, you know me. Uh, and Lily will stop rapping now. I'm really not good at that. Um, Lily uh, gave an interesting example of uh, almonds, a search for almonds. And there's a knowledge graph that tells you what almonds are. Um, and underneath it says top questions answered. And it shows some experts who have answered questions on almonds. Um, and if you expand this, you can see one of the experts, it says that uh, this guy has won awards for um, focus on health. He has, uh, he he's on particular TV shows. Um, you know, it's, it's basically giving a whole bunch of EAT related information. The Quality Raiders guidelines talk about have uh, your writers run aw- won awards? Uh, are they recognized as experts in your industry? Why am I mentioning this? Because you may have the best written post on almonds you have ever seen, and it probably won't rank against this guy's content because he is known as an expert in the industry. And this is EAT. Uh, If you are finding that you have fantastic content, but it just can't beat the authoritative sites, you may need to go out and get connections with authors uh, who can really uh, expertly write your content and who are known as experts in your industry. And we're seeing this time and time again uh, among many, many different uh, posts, mostly with health, but any YMYL area. You really, really want to make sure. I mean, it's not enough to say, you know, so-and-so has been writing about almonds her whole life, and that's why you should read the post. Think of it from the perspective of a user. Um, And that's what uh, Lily said. Interesting example of EAT at play in Google search results. She says, who are these people and why should I trust them to answer my questions about almonds? They are award-winning, recognized experts within the culinary space. Um, And so... You know, you should be working on all aspects of your business. You can't SEO your way into becoming an expert. You really, really have to be known as the expert in your, not necessarily the expert, one, but one of the top experts in your area in order for Google to want to rank you for YMYL content. Thinking of which, almonds aren't even really YMYL content. Um, but, you know, who knows how far it uh, extends. I suppose if the query was about health, then yes, it would be YMYL. Um, A little tip on disavow files. This is nothing new, but I've seen some discussion on this on Twitter. Uh, Somebody asked John Mueller how long it takes for Google to process your disavow file. So as soon as you file your disavow, uh, Google will start working on it right away. Um, and it's all done by machine. It's not like the web spam team has to go in and check stuff and read your comments and, and stuff like that. Nobody does that from the web spam team. But rather, uh, you file the disavow and then as Google crawls the web, when they come across a page that links to you and it's in your disavow, they'll drop the signals from that link uh, that are pointing to your website. Um, and so we did some studies, uh, gosh, it was several years ago now, but it still really should be applicable uh, to see how long it took for 
pages that were in our disavow file to get recrawled by Google. Um, and you can often determine this by the cache date. If Google has a cache date of yesterday, it means that they have visited the page uh, yesterday. Um, now, they may visit the page and not update the cache date. That gets kind of confusing. But what we did was we looked at the cache date, and the vast majority of uh, pages in for our clients that we looked at had been recrawled by Google uh, within three months. Um, I think, I can't remember the numbers, but it's in newsletter. Something like 60% of those pages were crawled within a month. Uh, but it can take several months for Google to get to all of your pages that are linking to you, which explains why often when we file a disavow, if we're going to see improvements, we tend to see it within, we usually say a few weeks to a few months. I'd say probably six to eight weeks is about average for when we start seeing an uplift from a properly filed disavow. Uh, let's see here. This is a really nice tip from uh, Glenn Gabe tweeted this from a recent help hangout. And uh, I'm actually going to read this out. Uh, it's about internal links and having a clear site hierarchy. Uh, and so John Mueller gave us some really good tips here. So uh, here's John's words. Internal linking is really important. It is almost the best way to understand the context of individual pages within your website. It is a lot easier for us to understand that this is the hierarchy of your pages. These are the higher level pages, the more important pages, and the less important pages. All of that is something that is really important for us to be able to pick up on. It is something that's reflected in a lot of places on search. For example, something that I saw recently. If you have a really flat hierarchy in that you have all of your pages linked from all of your other pages, then we can't really tell which of these pages is more important than others, which can lead to situations like a site link on one of your pages shown on your search results that points to a completely unrelated page. Um, from our point of view, we think are all of these all of these pages are equally important and they're all related because they're all linking to each other. Taking any random page and using that as a site link is something that could be reasonable. Whereas if you have a clear hierarchy, it's a lot easier for us to understand uh, this part, uh, which part of the website this belongs to. Um, there's more in newsletter. I'm, I feel like I'm just kind of reading stuff that you could read on your own. But the point here is that your internal linking can really have a strong effect on Google's ability to understand your pages. Uh, we've worked with a couple of clients to improve their internal linking um, and make it more clear. Uh, in one example, uh, this client had fantastic category pages that were like, hey, if you want information on this particular topic, uh, we've got 18 thousand blog posts on this topic um, and our category page will direct you to maybe 18,000 is the wrong word we've got a lot of pages on on this topic um, and the category pages were really useful but the category pages weren't linked to from um, other pages on the website and so what we had them do was make it very clear on their home page that their category pages were you know here's our page uh, on all of this stuff here's our page on all of this stuff um, and those category pages started ranking really well and subsequently the pages below them in the hierarchy were ranking well as well. So um, internal linking really really can make a difference in terms of uh, your ability to, um, to rank well. 
Um, let's see. The FTC actually released a statement uh, this week saying that they're going to start enforcing tougher penalties for companies and social media influencers that do not disclose sponsored content. I'm mentioning this because uh, we talked last week about sites that use affiliate links and whether it was okay to um, uh, to just have a disclosure on your page. Uh, but really, Google considers affiliate links to be advertisements. They're a form of monetization, and um, it's very, very important that they're clearly disclosed to people. Something that I said last week, I believe, is that it's not enough to just have a disclosure on your page saying some of these links are, um, you know, we could get monetized, we could get payment for them if you click on them and purchase from them. I reread the uh, statement from the um, Advertising Standards Authority that I was quoting, and it does actually sound like it's okay to have a disclosure at the top of your page, um, but not at the bottom. And the whole idea is if a user read through your whole page, they wouldn't understand that some of those links are monetized until they got to the bottom. So um, still, I would like to see that... um, sites that use affiliate links, that it's very, very clear to your readers which ones are links that you could potentially get paid for. Uh, And we've talked, I believe my article on the January core update talks uh, in great detail about that. Um, Let's talk about a couple of local search things. We already talked about this big update, which uh, hopefully we'll get some more information on that soon. Uh, There's apparently a change to Google Posts that you can now add multiple videos or photos to Google Posts. I would recommend taking advantage of that. Um, And Google updated their documentation about keywords in your Google My Business description. We talked about this recently, that Google had some new documentation out that said, think about the words customers would type to find your business and make sure that your listing actually includes those keywords within it. Um, Anybody who works in the local space knows that the words in your GMB description really should not be impacting your ability to rank. We went through a period of time years ago where... Everybody was spamming uh, their descriptions there. You know, you could get a keyword into any part of Google My Business and it seemed to help improve rankings. Um, and so Google has actually backpedaled on this and uh, and they've removed that line. So they're no longer recommending that you keyword stuff your Google My Business listings. Um, let's, uh, let's move on to, we'll do a couple of Q and A questions and then, uh, I think we'll finish up. We'll talk about a, an MHC announcement in a second. Um, let's see, this is a long question, so I'm going to try to summarize it. Anna Maria asked, oh, oh yeah, this was an interesting question about how many positions is Google allowed to grant for a certain page in the search results? And she gave me an example of, um, a particular site in Romania, I believe it was, that uh, if you did a search for, and it was a a particular type of automobile, uh, kind of a long tail uh, query, and um, one particular website had like the first five or six listings. Now with the diversity update, which happened on June 3rd uh, of uh, 2019, um, was it June 3rd? Gosh, it was around the June 3rd update. I think it was like June 4th, I think it was. Uh, Google said they're trying to make it so that users don't see more than one or more than two 
results from one website unless it's really clear that that's what they want. So most of the time when somebody asks me this question, I do the search and I see, oh yeah, you were actually looking for that brand. So of course Google's going to show you a whole page of results from that particular website. This wasn't the case here. It was, uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce this car uh, name, but um, it was a pretty generic search query and yet um, quite a few, way more than two of the listings were coming from one particular website. I don't have the exact answer for you on this, but I would say this is an opportunity. Um, I looked at the pages that were ranking below this website and they really weren't great. And I think in this situation, um, you know, Google just applies their weights differently. So they may say, look, uh, we're going to rank two pages from this website. And then even if we make the ranking factor sort of dampened for the rest of their pages, the rest of their pages are still a better option than what's out there. I think one of the pages that was below that, uh, was like just a whole bunch of images. It wasn't super helpful. Um, and then another page that was on that was a Facebook page, which again, wasn't really answering the query uh, as far as I can see. So um, another thing to think of as well, and I believe Gary Ish talked about this before, is that sometimes in non-English SERPs, you'll see stuff like this. Um, and it's because there's less content. Uh, I, I feel like uh, English SERPs seem to be, uh, there's more websites that are competing for those queries. And you may find that there's just not a lot of choices for Google in that case. So if you're competing against this company, then I would say start looking at the pages where they're just dominating the SERPs and create something that's useful. Not you know, just some random product page that lists 200 products and isn't super helpful to people, but something that would actually truly answer a user's query. And you might find that this is an opportunity to win in this area. Um, and one more question here. How would you interpret if Google Search Console says a URL ranks number seven for a 40,000 uh, keyword but SEMrush says it's number 31 and there's little traffic. Could Google's ranking calculation be wrong? There's been a lot of discussion lately about how Google determines what position to report you ranking at in Search Console. Now, um, I don't, I haven't looked into your particular situation, but you're saying that you have a keyword that Search Console is reporting as ranking as number seven and SEMrush says it's on page three. I think there's a few possible explanations for this. One is it might be that uh, what Google is seeing you rank for is an image. I've seen this a lot. Uh, I had one particular query for a website of mine that uh, was ranking number one. Um, but yet, like, it didn't make sense. I, I wasn't getting the level of traffic that you would expect for ranking number one for this query. And when you do the search, it was actually one of my images on my page that was ranking number one in image search. Uh, and so Google um, recorded that as number one. So you might find that it's image. Another thing might be that there's an uh, element of localization. So, um, you know, if I was trying to rank for... Uh, internet marketing companies, um, and I did the search from my office, I'm much more likely to see me ranking number one. And SEMrush, uh, you know, when they crawl from wherever, uh, wherever it is they're crawling, it's certainly not, they're not crawling from where I am right now, my proximity. Um, and so uh, you may see that there's a difference. If more people are searching local to you, 
then Google's more likely to be right on that. Um, so there's other possibilities there. Uh, the final one is it could be personalized. Um, if you had tons of people in your office that were continually searching for uh, stuff and then ending up on your own website, um, those would count as impressions and uh, and those keyword rankings would also count in Google's eyes. So most of us, I mean, if I'm doing a search to see like where does our page on EAT rank, I might do you know a search or two a month, but uh, some people could be searching for their own keywords hundreds of times, uh, and that can skew where Google actually sees things because Google may uh, place your own website higher uh, because of personalized search. So usually you can avoid that by doing an incognito search for your own uh, stuff, which is what we usually try to recommend um, uh, you know, when you're, when you're doing that type of research. So hopefully that's helped answer those questions. If you have a question that you'd like me to answer, you can find a link in our newsletter, again, mariehaines.com slash newsletter, and it will uh, link you to a form in which you can ask me a question. And uh, provided it's something that I think other people will find interesting, we really should be able to answer it on podcast. Um, once again, we have a big webinar coming up tomorrow. That's Thursday, February 20th of 2020. It's part three of our EAT webinar. We're going to be talking all about trust and I'm going to give you some real-life examples of websites and how they improved their level of trust. Our first two webinars, so the first one was just generally EAT. The second one was on author EAT. They were a really big success, and they got a lot of viewership. Um, we're going to take uh, custom, or, uh, take your questions as well, and um, you know we'll do our best at, at answering those. The rest of my afternoon is going to be spent on setting up the tech for this. It seems like every time we do a YouTube Live, we mess it up in some ways. So we're going to try to get that down so that doesn't happen. But I promise you the content will be good. Um, and then I'm preparing for SMX Munich coming up uh, next month. So if you're in Germany and you're going to be at that conference, I'd love for you to come up and say hi. Tell me that you listen to podcasts because that always makes my day. Um, so thanks so much for listening. I, this has been a really interesting podcast, uh, you know, just babbling on about what I think is happening with these Google updates. It's a very interesting time in search. And and I think we're just at the start of uh, a bunch of craziness. So um, stay tuned and we'll keep talking about it. Uh, and thanks so much. I wish you the best of luck with your rankings. <laughs> <laughs>